0: Hello friends and welcome to the Homecoming Podcast. Today I want to share with you a replay of one of my most popular episodes. This episode was released in January 2023 and in it I speak with E.B. Ferdig and we talk about mindful drinking and self-compassion and it's such a great conversation and Especially as we reach the end of the year and people maybe start to think about a sober January or maybe even just a moderate January. This is a great conversation to listen back on. But I'm really excited to share it with you because EB has a four week series starting in January called Yoga Practices for Sober Curious Living. It's a series to look non-judgmentally at how sober curiosity can be supported by yoga practices. The four-week series explores how different yoga practices can be helpful to support a sober curious journey, but it doesn't mean that participants will be encouraged to stop drinking alcohol um, just to be more mindful and curious about their choices. And again, as I say in this episode, I don't know if I know anyone as non-judgmental and accepting as EB is. And so if you're just a little bit curious about what life would look like um, and you think that maybe the tools of yoga would help you support um, less drinking, no drinking, whatever it is for you, I encourage you to check this out. The link is in the show notes. And... EB is offering a 15% discount on the series to Homecoming listeners. You just want to type in the discount code HOMECOMING, H-O-M-E-C-O-M-I-N-G, to get your 15% discount on the series. And then I just also want to remind you, I have that New Year's Day. Um, class coming up January 1st, 2024. I'm super excited about it, and you can find more details about that in the show notes as well. And enjoy the conversation. So last January, the podcast was still called Swimming and Singing. You'll hear the old intro. I'll um, I'll call it Swimming and Singing. I will also talk about the um, yoga habit challenge that I did last January. So when I mentioned that, that's not happening this year. However, that said, this is a wonderful time to think about joining the Homecoming Membership. Sliding scale starts at $25 a month. And um, it is the best way. It is one of the best ways, I think, to start creating a yoga habit is to have those recordings available as well as support from me via Monday through Friday emails suggesting practices suggesting contemplations and encouraging you to be in communication with me so check that out as well and I'll be back next week with um, one more episode before the new year that I'm very excited about especially around new year's resolutions so we'll talk soon Hello friends and welcome to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, and I specialize in working with people dealing with chronic pain, anxiety, and overwhelm, finding ways to use the tools of yoga to create more ease and joy and less suffering. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr. And as a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water. And then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. Friends, I'm so excited to share this chat I had with E.B. Ferdig. E.B. has worked as a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon for over 14 years. In fact, she is the person who inspired me to become a yoga therapist. She is a co-founder of Unfold, an online yoga studio focused on accessibility. She trains yoga teachers and community workers in trauma-informed movement and meditation, and she is a sober curious coach. In addition to all that, she is a beloved friend and mentor to me. Eb and I talk about how to bring mindfulness into alcohol consumption. It is the time of year when many folks take a month or so off of drinking, and Eb has some great tips for how to do it without falling into shame and judgment. Better yet, her tips work for any habit you are trying to start or break. Speaking of habits, my free yoga habit challenge begins January 22nd, and I'd love to have you join us. Details are in the show notes. And one note of explanation on our conversation, when EB and I talk about yoga, we aren't just talking about the physical shapes like downward dog that are just one part of yoga, but the whole mind, body, spirit practice that is yoga. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. and welcome to swimming and singing hi sarah
1: thanks so much for having me
0: yeah so good to have you i'm excited especially excited to have you on the podcast during january because i feel like so many people come out of the holiday season and decide to do dry january and i specifically wanted to have you on to talk about mindful drinking Because you are one of the most welcoming, loving, non-judgmental people I know. And I don't get the feeling that you are sitting back judging people who use alcohol or other (laughs) substances. Um, I believe you quit drinking a few years ago, and I'd love to hear more about your story and especially how your yoga practice may have impacted your decision to quit drinking.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I um, I have a, an active
1: practice of non-judgment, and I, I uh, and I really try to practice it, especially with myself. <laughs> That's <the hardest>. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and and that in itself was helpful as I tried to mm. and eventually quit drinking. Yeah, because I. I tried to reduce drinking for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And um, that itself brought up a lot of shame.
0: Trying to reduce and not being able to? hmm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, I was what people sometimes refer to as a gray area drinker, mm-hmm. um, which is... That I probably, for most of my life, wouldn't have been able to be diagnosed as um, having an alcohol use disorder, Mm -hmm. but my felt experience Mm. was that the way that I was using alcohol made me feel bad. Uh Uh-huh. And so that's why I tried to reduce or quit or feel like, oh, I just want to be able to just have you know one drink once a week or one drink twice a week. Um, and that uh, I wasn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. The habit that I had with using using alcohol uh, wasn't something that was life ruinous uh-huh. that, which is often what makes people make a change uh-huh. Uh-huh. but it was um, it was degrading my self-esteem, particularly because I in the morning, say if I had, Two glasses of wine, three glasses of wine in an evening. Mm-hmm. The next morning, I wouldn't feel very good. Mm-hmm. Especially as I get older, we 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 don't we don't metabolize <laughs> alcohol as well. mean, it's like I have to feel like oh, I'm getting old. Yeah. But, um, but it felt felt pretty crappy. Yeah. In the morning, um, and sometimes even if I had one, I'd feel crappy yeah. in the morning. And then I'd say to myself, I'm really I don't like the way that I feel. I'm really not going to have a drink tonight. I'm really just not going to have even one. But then it gets to be five. I'm like, hmm. Maybe just one. <laughs> Maybe just one. It's like it's really not a problem. It's fine. Um, and then one, whether I'd have one or sometimes it turns into two, but then feeling like I didn't have the control of that, like why Why do I feel so differently about it at, you know, 5 or 6 p.m. Yeah. Or, you know, with dinner or whatever than I did it at, <clears throat> you know, at 6 a.m. when I woke up mm-hmm. and feeling not only – physically bad but then mentally emotionally bad that I that I went against what I meant to do so that made me feel bad for years for years whether that's you know and and that was a scenario if I had you know that many drinks but then it's like if I was out socializing sometimes it's three Mm -hmm. four or five drinks and then I'd really feel bad
0: yeah so how did you go from that um Trained to moderately drink to then the decision to not drink at all. Yeah. And sticking with it. Right. Um, Well, I
1: I read a book called um, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. Mm -hmm. And um, that helped me kind of get a different frame um, about how to consider, consider my choices. And it, it offered a more open approach than those that I was aware of otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it, it, this book doesn't use the label of alcoholic, Mm -hmm. which wasn't what, which didn't fit for me. Yeah. Um, but rather was kind of more open in interpretation of that. And, um, so kind of using that frame uh and and having the experience I remember the last time that I drank I went to a party and you know I think I intended to not drink and I ended up having two or three drinks and then feeling bad and I'm like I'm I'm actually done with this. Yeah. I'm actually done with having um, feeling bad, Mm -hmm. take away from my life energy. And so I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to just be done with this because after several years of trying to drink moderately, I just needed to, uh, realize that for me, that wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. So I, so I stopped and started to kind of, uh, orient to some of the quit lit as it's described. Uh And, (laughs) um, and that felt like a big support. Mm-hmm. And I started becoming more open about it and uh-huh. talking about it with friends. Um, and and that opened a door to reduce the shame uh-huh. and to start to explore the possibility of what would it be like to not drink. I also realized I didn't have any friends at the time that didn't drink. Well, uh-huh. actually, I had a couple friends. Um, and that was another part of it actually now that I think about it um, there were a couple friendships that I had and that there were people around me that like weren't drinking while I was drinking (laughs) and I was thinking oh is that is that an option is like is that a way to be and honestly now that I think about it those having those people in my life seeing them be around others who are drinking and choosing not to was the first time it occurred to me that I could also not drink. Uh-huh. Because I know there are people in the world, of course, that don't drink. Right. I know that, of course, I knew that existed. <laughs> it didn't exist much in my world. yeah. Though. And I think that's a significant thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Is that we just don't do that. And we don't do it really as a society. So, um, yeah. That's when I started getting curious. Mm-hmm. I guess it was before that Annie Grace book. It was really um, having some people around me and they weren't like they weren't necessarily like acquired role models they were just there and not drinking and honestly they're not drinking made me a little bit uncomfortable uh-huh <laughs> yeah and what I can see now is they made me it was made me uncomfortable in a good way because they weren't right. judging me right they weren't judging me I was judging <laughs> I was like what is going on you know is creating yeah. some awareness that I became uncomfortable with
0: yeah well, and I think that, that brings us back to that like mindfulness and how your yoga practice maybe helped you. Where I think some people, I know some people, don't necessarily make that connection between like feeling crummy the next day and what they drank last night, especially if you're just having a one drink and then you don't feel good the next day. But then also your ability to notice like how you felt um, around people that weren't drinking when you were drinking, I feel like some of that awareness could have come from years of your yoga practice and your svadhyaya, your studying yourself and noticing what's going on.
1: Absolutely. I think that when I finally decided to quit drinking, which ultimately was the best thing for me, I had a lot of awareness practice and that self-study svatyaya, um to point to s- support me in the decision and I think also all the discomfort that I experienced along the road until mm-hmm. I ended up making that decision was also because of yoga practice like mm-hmm. I was aware of the discomfort <laughs> yeah right I mean I'm very Self-aware. That said, I mean, am I able to always like do the best thing? No, <laughs> not <laughs> Not, But I'm sure aware of that I'm not doing <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> yes. Really. So yes. so ultimately, it, it you know mm-hmm. there was it, there was some shame in yeah. that I felt in myself about about having the awareness but not being able to like have that control um also some shame like just being public about it like oh now i in air quotes need to quit drinking because that might imply that i had quote, in air quotes had a problem uh-huh. right it's like oh but you're a yoga teacher you're a yoga therapist mm-hmm. shouldn't you have had that dialed however many years ago It's like well didn't yeah <laughs> but i think that really all those practices really made me able to Choose the better thing, or for me, choose a better choice for me. Eventually, and be in curiosity, which I think is the main thing that I just want to offer to any listeners: to not say that you oh, that's the best choice for you, but really to start being curious. Yeah, which I think is um, <clears throat> an interesting uh, alternative word to mindfulness. Uh huh. Really. Right? Uh-huh. Curiosity with compassion. Yeah. Right? Like, sometimes mindfulness is the just right word for us. Um, but what if, but if it isn't just the right word, right? If it's like, well, I don't have a mindfulness practice, or I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh-huh. Um, curiosity is something that I think a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. That we know what that is. Yeah.
0: Because we've experienced
1: that. our whole lives.
0: And I especially like that paired with compassion. Yes. Self-compassion. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. That's, the, that's a harder one. <laughs> yeah. Self-compassion is not as something that we just naturally
0: have or know no. how to do. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that brings up, uh, this is January, and a lot of times in January, people have all kinds of habits they want to change in the new year. And when we were chatting, you specifically were talking about this curiosity and compassion as the place from where you can explore change and habit change and so that does sound a little contrary to the popular belief that it's like all mind over matter and so can you talk a bit about how someone could use curiosity and compassionate and compa- self-compassion for, to change any habit or create any new habit?
1: Yeah, it's um, a great question. Pause with it for a moment. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, So curiosity is our starting to pull the thread of like what's happening here. (laughs) To take it, and maybe it's it's maybe it's taking at least a half, even a little bit of a step back. And say, instead of just the letting things roll along Mm -hmm. as usual in ourselves or in the whole world, or right? Like, giving it a little bit of extra attention and say, like, you know, why do I, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Why do I keep doing it this way? Why is this ad coming up in my Instagram feed? It's like all of it, just curiosity. Mm -hmm. Just like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Why Why is that? Um, and so if we're talking about with our with regard to our own behavior, you know with with regard to drinking, I know you're asking like just in general, but <clears throat> with regard to, say if I, like, why do I really like to have a glass of wine while I'm cooking while I'm preparing food? Mm-hmm. Why, right. Is it just because? Because part of me thinks like, oh, because it's kind of a romantic little setting,
0: right? Uh-huh. It's
1: like I've been sold the bill of goods as like that's a really yeah. enjoyable situation. Moms
0: drink wine while they cook dinner for right. the family. Exactly, <laughs> we know it. That's right it's on all the shows. Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. They're, um. they're, but being curious about that and saying like, is it? Is it that that's like an ideal situation that we just love in life? Is yeah. that is that really what's happening, or is could it be something else? Could it be that I'm um, utilizing that substance in some way? Yeah, and and not that we need. And then that's where the that's where the compassion needs to come yeah. in. Like if I am yeah. actually utilizing a substance, and that's what I'm doing, yeah. Can I say like, oh yeah? yeah, that's all right. I mean, that's, that's, you're not wrong. You're not bad. Right. Like, so, oh yeah, of course, of course I'm doing that. Of course that I'm doing that. Exactly. I love that, that phrase, of course.
0: I had the thought too, that, um, a person could maybe have curiosity even around why they wanted to create a new habit. Like, <clears throat> well, what is it about like, Why do I think I need to, you know, go to the gym every day or, you know, quit drinking coffee or whatever, whatever habit someone wants to change? Just like even, even kind of taking it down to, to like what's behind it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That sometimes, that are, are we, are we trying to fit a societal norm? Are we trying to um, feel better about ourselves? And yeah. if that's, if that's what it is, then is that the way? Is that the only way? Or like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. What, is the, what is the motivation? And, um, and just being curious.
0: Yeah, paired with that compassion. Mm-hmm. So I love that you call, I love this term, sober curious. And I'm not sure that you, I, no, I am sure you didn't invent it. <laughs>
1: yeah, right, I did not. I did not.
0: <laughs> but I really like it. And so just any advice, if someone wants to kind of dip their toe into sober living or um, they're sober curious, uh, any tips for, well, I mean, I feel like the tips you've given us so far are remain curious, remain compassionate. Um, are there other things that might support someone doing that? I, I think you, you know, you're right on with it's sometimes hard to be the sober person at an event.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It might be a little easier in January because more people are doing it, but um, but it's going to pick back up. <laughs> So any, any thoughts around that? And any support you might have available to offer people. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so some tips. Um, getting curious about all of it. So being curious if you, if you are deciding to do, you know, one day without drinks or one mm-hmm. week or one month. Um, being curious about how does that feel? being curious about, does that feel good in any way? Why does it feel good? Does it bring up some difficulty in any way, right? Not expecting like, oh, then that's the right way. And because that's the right way then i have this these certain expectations about how i should feel because you know what actually is probably going to happen <laughs> if we are using if we are using alcohol to relax we might actually be feeling pretty anxious yeah <laughs> right? right yes so being curious about that <laughs> mm-hmm. being curious about that and um, sure we could use if we're going to, you know, really like stick with it and uh, like, say, not utilize something like alcohol for the whole month. Um, b- noticing our feelings, being with our feelings, you know, using that using that phrase like you did. Of course, like, of course, I'm going to feel like this. I like I don't have that different substance in my in my system. Just like if like if I didn't drink coffee in the morning, like, of course, I'm going to feel sleepy yeah. <laughs> because I'm not using that substance in that way. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's it's fine. Um, but being curious about what happens, what feelings come up, um, and the whole breadth of it and, um, knowing that, that this is a path, this is a journey. Being sober curious, mm. it doesn't have a start or an end point. It doesn't have a particular result. It's allowing ourselves to be curious and having the, and to have the experiences that we are having. The full breadth of, in, of, um, of any emotions. We w- might find that we are using um, streaming television in a different way, which is yet another system <laughs> to make us feel different than we're feeling. And getting curious about that. Uh Right. Like, how am I how am I um, using my how I direct my attention? How am I doing things to change my physiology, my neurophysiology? How do I use exercise? Could I use exercise more skillfully? Um, Am I am I relying extra on exercise? Sometimes that can be feel like too much as well. Mm-hmm. So, just being curious and knowing that there's that we don't have to have a particular goal, and that that curiosity, especially paired with self compassion, will take us as quickly as we need to go wherever, whatever directions we're heading, and that's going to apply to everything when we allow when we allow ourselves to be in those practices. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. if um, someone does need a little extra support <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you do I know that you um, let's see I'll get the term for it you have sober curious coaching and so I'm just I'll let people know I will link to that in the show notes you're a yoga therapist you're an integrative movement therapist you also. I'm gonna say you're a sober curious coach. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and that is something that you that you help folks with one on one. So yeah,
1: yeah. Another thing I will bring up that I that I utilize um, when doing sober curious coaching is motivational interviewing. Mm. So whether people want to explore that with me as a part of you know kind of a, as a sober curious coaching or with others, it's a great non-judgmental, non directive approach to working with people. So it facilitates the exploration of people's own motivation mm-hmm. for making any kind of change.
0: Oh interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whether they're trying to cool. read more or drink less or whatever it is. Yeah. Um that that's A lot of times people want to make changes in their lives and um, motivational interviewing is really one of the, I mean, it's, it is, um, you know, studied and uh, what's the word? It is peer reviewed. It has their peer reviewed studies on it. Uh, It's evidence-based. That's what I was looking for. It's an evidence-based practice um, to really, to help people make changes in their lives because it all comes from the person. Mm-hmm. The person who's, who is helping with the motiv- doing the motivational interviewing is just tuning into what that person wants uh-huh. in a structured way that helps that person move toward more, more efficiently toward what it is they want.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I just feel like let's just follow that up by saying... You're not, like, necessarily trying to um, get people to stop drinking.
1: Absolutely not. No, no, that's not. It really, it's not It's not using the term sober curious because we actually are trying to get people yeah. to do something else. No, it's actually um, helping people explore what they want and to create a judgment-free zone yeah. to explore that. Yeah. To be able to, it's, it, it, it's powerful for people to, People to be able to talk about their own drinking mm. and their feelings about it, mm-hmm. because we don't have places for that in society. Sometimes we might do it with a friend. Um, Over oh, a but, uh, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps, like, I really gotta go drinking. No. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah. Really. To. 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 Um. Have. Have some space for that. And some folks that I've worked with have have felt really successful. To just drink in a different way. Yeah. Had, and those are the changes that they've wanted to make and yeah. they felt very thankful that I wasn't trying to get them to quit to drink quit yeah.
0: drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Final question. Yes. Favorite mocktails or alcohol mm-hmm. alternatives to drink? You're going to a party, or maybe you're out at a restaurant or something, you just wanna drink something a little fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, my very favorite is athletic beer, and they have Let's a specify, subscription.
0: We'll specify non-alcoholic beer. Right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank
1: you. Non-alcoholic beer. They have so many types. I'm a big, I love IPA. Yeah. Is that so the blue can? The, the blue can, but the blue can is their least, is the worst one of them. Oh! <laughs> okay but because because the better one is the orange can ipa but then even better is they have mail order ones and they have all kinds of seasonals they have dozens of beers and they have so many Ah. kinds of ipas and sours and so you know i'm a i'm a foodie i guess i could almost say i'm a drinky too because i (laughs) love i love food and beverage yeah (laughs) um and it that makes me able to still be on the exploring, you know, new beers world. Yeah. And so just they deliver it right to your door, that's my favorite. No, I do not get any kickbacks from here, Yeah, but it's just something I'm really excited and, you know, enthusiastic about. Yeah.
0: I like them too because that's just, that's what they do. They're, they're making beer, non-alcoholic beer for athletes. I feel like that's where their are yeah. came from. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's not like, you know, that's just, that that's what they're doing. They do it well.
1: Yeah. So that's really my, that has become very, very satisfying. I know that that, um, that some folks, um, the more a drink is like the mm-hmm. alcoholic drink, that that can be triggering yeah. for them and put them in a not good place. So I yes, that's something to be curious about too, mm-hmm. is that um, is, does dr- having drinks that are really like the alcoholic drink put you back in a place that you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's something to get curious about. But um, other than that, just exploring what it is you love. You know, I love spicy things. I love bitter things. I love really sour. I love like punch you in the face thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So whether that's really spicy tea uh-huh. or whatever, or like things that are peppery, um, you know, it's a, I'm a, a sensation seeker, which is probably what yeah. got me into yoga in the first place. Uh-huh. But knowing that about myself, like it, you know, Knowing that about myself shows me what is going to be satisfying. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really important is having things that do feel satisfying. So you don't feel like you just like you're missing out or that you're seeking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, This has been great. I will put your contact info in the show notes um, as well as the book you mentioned. And thank you so much for joining me.
1: I really loved spending the time with you. Thank you so much, Sarah.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes and on my website. Don't forget to sign up for the free Yoga Habit Challenge. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. If you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.